This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my There we go. Oh, she does it again. Welcome back to the We Are Outdoorsman <laughs> podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lure. Hit it, Bobby. Oh, it's turkey season. We are hopped up. Or are we barleyed up? What are we're we're, we're spirited up we're with spirited our wood up. family spirits. I'm enjoying some OG vodka. Richie and Bobby are still working on their uh, special coffee with the Columbia bourbon. And <laughs> okay, Bobby is still for the third week in a row playing with his new foreplay. Turkey call, which is what every Tom wants. Which is and what every Tom wants. Going to have a good show today. On the podcast today, we do have a guest. And that is former professional walleye angler and maxler pro staffer Doug Allen, who also happened to start Valley Marine down in the Yakima area. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on here to talk a little bit about Columbia River walleye and the history of it all. So we're excited to have him on. Uh, we're also going to do a little bit of kokanee talk, and we got some news to get to. So this should be a good show. Oh, it will be. Absolutely. Doug's kind of my mentor. He, he taught me how to walleye fish. I, you guys know well, me. I, uh, oh, I I came from. Did not didn't oh. I teach you how to walleye fish? Come on. I, I came. <laughs> I came from. I, I was the the hardcore steelhead salmon fisherman. You know, over on the west side for 25, 27 years. Uh, you know, another three or four years down south. And when I moved back over here twenty some years ago, and then got involved with Max, I started spending time. I, I knew right away that Doug knew what he was talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so he was kind of my mentor on teaching me how to walleye fish, what to do, how to do it, when to do it, you know, et cetera. It's a lot of experience. He, well, a lot of different you know, water. he fished, uh, Britain and brought it up, he fished the PWT, which was mm-hmm. a professional walleye trail for a number of years. Back in the Midwest, he owned... And started Valley Marine in right. Yakima. Was an extremely good businessman. Loved to walleye fish. And when they first brought walleye out here in the 50s and dumped them in, in the upper Roosevelt area, hmm. where they then started getting down into the rest of the... Yeah, the whole system, Yeah, right? the, pretty much the whole system. Right. And then, of course, bucket fishermen started putting them into Banks Lake, Moses Lake, potholes, mm-hmm. putting them in, in different areas. And those are all bucket fishermen. That, that's not a planted mm-hmm. fishery. Well, the Moses and, and potholes so are connected to... Oh yeah, to yeah, banks. yeah. Every everything's they connected. Can, they could go. Everything's connected. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. and in turn, he did that for years. He fished on the professional circuit and was very good. Yeah. And you then know, he, he kinda, did very very well. And he'll talk about it on the interview. But yeah. then he started fishing them out here, and people didn't even know what they were. Oh, Pulled they them out of the no water. Cl- like, what is that? A sucker? And he's like, No, it's not a sucker. Yeah. Stick so, your finger in that mouth, and you'll figure it out. No, he like I said, he he was he was a major mentor of mine, and and. Uh, uh, I got to tell you, man, he's he's a good fisherman. He's very a very good, good fisherman. Fish. Yeah, and he's fun to be around. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a crack up. He's man. a crack up. You know, he he was still one of the three boat testers for Lund right. for years. Yeah, and we talk about that, yeah. too. That's and, just pretty cool. Oh, I'm telling you what. 
I every year we we would go fishing early in the spring after ice off and everything happened and and I'd go okay so what do you got today mm-hmm. and he goes well I just got the new this new test boat that they want to try out and I look on the back and it's got a three hundred a three hundred Yamaha on the back and I go when the hell did they make that he goes oh this is all, all this brand is new. new brand new man we get we got to try this out. And, you know, you get out there in the lake, and, of course, he'd light it up. But, no, the, the best part, <laughs> the, fir- the first one that, it, that he that he had with those new uh, four-strokes was this 300 Yamaha. And I'm standing there on the dock, and I'd already thrown a bunch of shit in the boat, and we're, re- we're getting ready to go. And I'm standing there on the dock, and I go, you going to start the motor? And he goes, shit, it's been running the whole time. Yeah, because they're and I look back so there. Quiet. Yeah, and it's pissing water out of the out of the motor and everything. You couldn't even hear it. Yeah, they're so quiet. It's oh my god! But then, but then, you know, and you know me. Oh yeah. I've got four rods rigged, ready to go. Yeah. I got them baited up. You yeah. know, everything's ready to go. And he gets out there in the lake and he takes off and he's going like, he's got to be going sixty anyway. And I mean, we're just zipping, and he's checking it out, and the boat narrows up. Oh, and he it's goes, doing all kinds oh, of weird this, things. Oh, this this. This new frame, this is not good. This is too light of a frame <laughs> for that motor. For that motor, and 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 we get to on the uh, other side of the bridge, and and we're going to a couple holes back in the back area. I start looking around, and I'm going, "Hey, I'm missing a rod." Oh what? God, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, he no. blew a rod out. Oh yeah, blew goes... a rod out of the boat, man. Oh, you geez. know, one one of the bottom bouncers must have got it, bounced just enough, got out, caught the water, sucked the rod out of the boat. It's gone. So much, so much for that rod and reel. Oh my God! Oh. <laughs> I have been. I went the one time you and I went with him when he was getting ready for a tournament. Yeah. And we pre-fished, and we were fall. I was in my boat, and you were with him. I think. Yeah. Holy cow! He get on the water and just take off. Oh. I had like a ninety horse. Yeah. <laughs> Merc on my old my old Starcraft, and he would just leave me in the dust. Oh. <laughs> he likes to go fast. Oh. Well, you know, let's face it. When when you're in that whole tournament when, when situation, you're, well, and you're the quicker tester, you can get from point A to point B, the better off you are. And and, a, and testing these boats, he wants to like, yeah, let yeah. her have it. Yeah, that particular boat didn't make it to production. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to talk news and headlines. And our first headline comes from the Northwest Sportsman Andy Walgamot writes that uh, the Columbia Smelt Run makes a rare appearance at Vaunaville. First time since 2014 they've even counted any at the Vaunaville Dam. They called weird. That's literally what they say in here. <laughs> the first guess is that the 2023 Smelt Run is a strong one, and maybe not just in terms of 8 to 10 pound, 2.65 ounce fish being able to power themselves 144 miles upstream of the ocean to reach the lowest dam on the Columbia River, even with a little push from the tides and healthy fear of accompanying sea lions. They uh, said in 2014 was the last time the smelt were there, and only 455 were counted. As of this article, it looks like they've counted upwards of 2,000 of them. I know nothing about smelt. Well, well, Bobby knows probably a little more than All right, I, what are they called? I like, do. They're also called like eulations? Yeah. Eucalons. Eucalons. And, yeah. and they're, you know, they're a little bit like... Uh, well, sardines in a way yeah they're they're an extremely oily bait fish oily that comes into fish. the system they spawn and go back out and they used to be in large 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 numbers. we're talking millions yes yeah. growing up down there uh right. off and on as much as i did with my grandparents and everything it, it was a, a real big issue because people could go out and dip smelt mm-hmm. from the bank 
Net dipping. Yeah, net dipping. Exactly. You have you, a big you, long pole. Yeah, big net. long net, and mm, uh, it's fun. You you would dip those and fill up five gallon buckets. You know of these things. Take them back and like my my grandfather used to take them and, and smoke them. Well, when I moved down there back in the early eighties, uh, what we used to do is we would get them and use them for for sturgeon bait. That's they, what I did. Yeah, yeah. they they worked mm-hmm. extremely well for yeah. sturgeon bait. And it was something that that was a great, it was a great bait fishery or a great fishery. And they actually netted them commercially on the North Fork and on the Cowlitz. And Mm. it was something that was, that was, you know, like an occurrence that happened every couple years really good. So what did they do with them when they netted them commercially? You know, I honestly don't know. I don't know if they sold them I mean, was it like a food fish or was it a bait fish? I I honestly don't know what they did with them commercially. You know, like I said, as as the average Joe, you had the guys like my grandfather that would, they loved to eat them because they netted them their whole life Mm -hmm. and go out and, and smoke them and, and, eat them like that or regular i i don't saw know tons of people that used to take them and, and roll them in flour and, and fry them whole yeah i've and heard then, that too yeah and and eat them i mean i just ex- couldn't do it no they're they're an extremely oily they're, they're a bait fish they're, they're that's oily, why they work so well for and, and for the, sturgeon and bait. The, the meat's not firm and i just no, i just can't no. get into it, but it it's extremely oily it's really oily yeah and it works great as like you said as a bait fish and when sure. i when i did it we would the one and only time actually I got to participate in that that dip fishery, we right. we, we did it to to get sturgeon bait. Sure, sure. And we had enough sturgeon bait for like years. We would just take, yeah, what we got, put in a little bit of water in a Ziploc bag, and then just freeze. You know, like sure. what you thought a bait for a day would be, and boy, it works good on sturgeon. But yeah, I we just couldn't eat them. I couldn't eat them. No, and, I know, you know people like them, but it just eat, wasn't for me. Eating them smoked the way my grandfather did them, you know. I mean, they were, it, <sighs> as a as a young kid, you know, you look at that. It's it's a whole a whole fish, and you and he'd sit there and guts he'd, and all, he'd right? Eat the head, guts, everything. Oh, he'd, he'd, he'd just eat the whole. thing. I couldn't do it. No, no, and and I mean, I, I the thing is, so is I'll eat sardines in a can. So I guess it's not too different than that. No, but no. But you got, I don't know, I just couldn't do it. I mean, I've tried before. Yeah. I suppose if you pressured them and, and canned them, and, and I might, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, uh, it, it's a fun fishery. It's a lot of fun for people to go out and, and dip net, right. you know, to be able to get something like that. And people eat them, you know, people enjoy them. Mm. And, and that's great. I, I, I'm glad that they do that mm. we just used to use them for sturgeon bait so yeah, that's where i was at yeah yeah what else is in the news britain uh we also have the idaho department of fish and game did a uh chronic wasting disease oh call. yeah they pulled 444 deer 24 of them positive yeah yeah it's it's coming and i'll tell you another thing you should look up while we're talking here as far as a news item is a wyoming uh, antelope i understand from a couple emails I've gotten from friends that the the die-off in Wyoming in its chronic wasting or some sort of right. brain disease that's similar to that is bad. Yeah. And to the point is where they're reducing the seasons tremendously. Well, you know, that, that chronic yeah, wasting through those, disease. The elk and the antelope, it looks yeah, like. Elk and antelope, it's bad. 100% fatal to deer, elk, and moose. 
to date this year, and this is of 2022, game and fish personnel have tested 6,300 lymph nodes in deer and elk, primarily submitted by hunters, and continue to evaluate. The yeah, it, it's, it was bad over the winter to the point of where they reduced seasons. And, and we're, if you look at a map of where CWD is, we're lucky it hasn't quite made it into washington and oregon but well it, it's, it, it has i know but that, i mean that, as far as the map shows you know how that yeah. goes well but that's that's what hit that's what hit us a few years ago up there in the northeast yeah. corner of the state it's with the bad. whitetails it's and, bad it's scary yeah. actually yeah but uh, you know what it seems to be coming back the deer numbers seem to be coming back up there which is why wdfw you know took off some of the regulations that they did but it was uh it's definitely something that, you know, we have to obviously watch out for. I know. It is pretty spooky. Sure. On the podcast today, we do have a guest, and that is Doug Allen. I've I've met Doug once and down at fish camp one year. Yeah. And, you know, he's had a little bit of health issues, so I haven't seen him a ton recently. Yeah. But uh, we're excited to have him on to be able to talk about a little bit of his story and how, you know, this, this walleye fishery kind of mm. developed up here. I am... Still highly enjoying my grape-based OG vodka. Oh, yeah. Nice. Bobby and I still have our special coffee. Mm. A lot of people have been asking where to get their Wood Family Spirits, which yeah. is good. People asking because we've been hopefully helping promote. It is yeah. a little bit of a, a weird, you know, you, you just can't find it anywhere. And so Tom's going to explain yeah. exactly where you can find it and kind of the rules and regulations on why they're not everywhere yet. And, yeah, so we're going to let Tom explain a little bit about where to find your Wood Family Spirits, and we'll be right back to talk some kokanee fishing. All right, so I'm with Tom Wood of Wood Family Spirits, and I have a real serious question, Tom. Yeah, let's hear it. So I live in Washington, and I understand that I can only get my Columbia bourbon in Oregon. Well, that's currently quite true. The uh, Columbia River uh, has divided mead in the state of Oregon from the state of Washington, and, and uh, we're focusing on distributing our product in Oregon. So we're actually in the Oregon liquor stores, including all the ones at State Line, like at Jansen Beach or uh, elsewhere, where unfortunately you Washingtonians are going to have to drive in the short term. As we expand, though, in Oregon, which is a big summer for us, we're positioning to come to Washington. So we'll be there soon, I promise. But probably have to come to State Line this summer and pick up some Columbia bourbon for your special coffee. Okay, so we can have folks come sample it in one place. Where's that? Well, you can sample it in the Columbia River Gorge. Our tasting room is at River Tap Restaurant and Pub in the Dalles, Oregon. So next time you happen to be driving down 84, coming or going to some lovely place, you got to stop in at River Tap Pub in the Dalles. It's a great environment, patio in the summer, all the uh, food you could ever handle to keep you driving on your next fishing trip. That's perfect. They can find it anywhere in a liquor store, though, all along the state line, correct? That's correct, and throughout Oregon. Our distribution is uh, over 100 stores throughout Oregon, and we're quickly getting into some of the restaurants as they absolutely love both our OG vodka, the grape-based vodka, as well as the Columbia bourbon. So we're off to a, a roaring start and, and looking forward to uh, tasting you all on our product at some show near, near you soon. And uh, that would go for folks in Idaho too, right? They can drive over to Ontario or somewhere like that and get it. Right, especially Nyssa. If you all know where Nyssa is, it's a really beautiful part of Oregon and they love our product. You know, Tom, I was born in Nyssa. Come on. Really? Serious. So uh, my favorite duck hunting spot is Adrian, Oregon. How about that? How about that? That's, That's one of my favorite places to go checker hunting. Oh, really? <laughs> we better get out there together. Yes, we should. All right, folks, there you have it. That's where you can find 
Wood Family Spirits. Thank you. So there you have it. That's where you can find your Columbia Bourbon and OG Grape Vodka. For now. For now. You know, there's all sorts of hurdles and loops, and Alyssa would be able to tell you a lot more about it. Uh, She explained it to me last weekend, and there's just a lot of red tape involved with the spirit industry. But uh, Of course, that would be political. At some point, I believe that there's, uh, you know, for now, that's where you can find it. That's where you can find it. And it's really not uh, that far away. There's potential that you can find it in your backyard. You know, if you're a fisherman or a hunter, you're going to be going down that way anyway. So just swing into one of of the liquor stores along the way and pick it up. We're not blowing smoke. We've done enough special coffee to know what tastes good in special coffee. (laughs) And and if we're being completely transparent, we are not being paid to talk about this. We just... That they're our partner and we want to help them out. So and it's, and good. it's good. We're yep. not we're not joking. It's, it's great. Good. I, I haven't drank vodka since college, and I just willingly poured a vodka he, fresca. He wouldn't drink vodka to save, but it doesn't taste like oh, like that. Well, see, I was drinking like good vodka. like Stroika in like Idaho Silver, like six dollar half gallons. <laughs> This is the way it is. We were with pouring them. it in, like, you know, off-brand soda and, like, being like, this well, is, yeah. like, look, look at this cocktail. Well, this it's is like, like most things, right? Yeah. When you, yeah. it's like, if you buy our fishing rods, you're going to notice a difference. If you try. Well, it makes, yeah, it makes you, a huge difference. We use everything difference. we talk about. So and if you, if you, if you try a small distillery like this that really knows how to make a bourbon versus, yeah. or a, a vodka versus a place that's making it in mass. It's yeah. gonna, there's a big difference. There's I used to not like rum. Personal touch yeah. to it. Because, you know, I used to drink that stuff with the, the you know, the guy that had his knee up in the air, that guy. Oh, Sailor the, Jerry? Sailor Jerry. That, that dude. <laughs> you, you try real Kraken rum? You try real rum in oh, yeah. real Florida. Real rum very good. And it's so good. And yeah. you're like, I really like rum. I didn't know I liked rum. Yeah. Well, the Just Rum, which is another Oregon-based one, Oregon. and I am a, a coin holder for them. I can go to that their secret really, tap room. That is really, really good. It uh, actually that. has a whiskey finish, and it's very yeah. cool because you can go, if you ever happen to go to one of these trade shows, go find the Just Rum booth because they'll take you through an entire adventure through their entire line. And yep. I don't want to be – but they'll actually no. – they have one where you can take – a taster and he will explain the taste to you as you're tasting it because mm-hmm. you know there's like two seconds of this and two seconds of that and it's like wow like that's how you, you really it. learn sure you know how to taste all these notes and flavors it's in kind there. of like the wine industry you taste yeah. a really like, good i mean wine. it's the same every bourbon has the same thing same thing you with know, the you bourbons. Can smell the ochre smell the forest floor and, and tom uh, talked about <laughs> all the things that he puts in there and how they yep. how they age it and all that that all makes a big difference and if you're doing something that's mass produced yeah it's probably not going to taste that way there's some uh, like true whiskey connoisseurs out there that are just like these guys don't know what the hell they're talking about well <laughs> but we're learning and we're this learning. is an educational program we're so we're learning with you guys that's and right. if you know more than us just keep it quiet or you can <laughs> or you can make a you know a, a subtle nice comment that's fine and rate us for five stars and give us a five star give us a five star rating Let's talk because, some coconut Because we fishing. like special coffee. <laughs> we just want, yeah, we just, yeah. It's always, the, the coffee's always been a vehicle for the bourbon. And now it's a vehicle that is carrying precious cargo. That's that right. tastes great on the palate. Oh, and man. So oh, yeah. We uh, are, are enjoying our, our new, and we are. We're trying to become connoisseurs. Okay. We are connoisseurs, and we're going to come up with a recipe <laughs> okay. that you're going to absolutely love. Well, if he's going to have a sip, I'm going to have But it's time mm-hmm. to talk kokanee fishing. Before we get into walleye fishing, it might sound a little weird, but we want to cover all of our bases here. So let's talk 
Kokanee Fishing. Is there any current reports? Oh. How's Shalan doing? How is oh. you know you know like Shalan's doing? Do we know anything about any of the Kokanee that are happening right now? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's been it's been fishing good. It, you know, it Shalan's such a, a, a different individual. Um, you know, a lot of the other lakes don't open up until this weekend. Until, until two weekends th- ago. Yeah, yeah. Two weekends ago di- didn't open up. You never get any type of report out of them. Chelan is, is kind of an anomaly and fishes year round. Right. And it's a matter of find, finding where those fish are. And right now, you know, where those fish generally would be down in that uh, state park area, down uh, Rocky Point, just starting to get close to that, that stuff down in the lower basin, it's not quite there. Everything is a couple weeks off. Just starting. Yeah, really. it's ju- just just starting. barely starting. Yeah, just barely starting. The fish this year are decent. They're not real big. You know, you got a lot of uh, oh, eleven inch to twelve inch fish. You know, next year's fish. Not all. I thought no, we were hoping but, but for not, bigger fish this year. Huh? I thought we were hoping for well, bigger fish this year. Well, well we, think... we've been hoping. Everybody hopes for bigger fish. Well, you talk and, about a three-year fish. I mean, well, they've been small for two. Well, there's there's a few fish out there. There's some guys that are catching, occasionally catching the 14-inch, you know, 13-and-a-half to 14-inch fish, which is a nice, fat yeah, fish. That's Jeff, a beautiful fish. But Jeff says they're... He caught some even bigger recently. Yeah, they they just they just caught some. They ran into 16s. a batch of fish that that were all three year plus fish. They you are. Know, they're nice four year fish. That, so they're there. There's some. Yeah, yeah. There's some out there. They're, they're still they're going 14, way up Lake for those though. No, well, it, no. It just, it just depends. He on, started fishing a little bit lower, but he said yeah. they didn't get very many, but they were all quality. Yes. Yeah, they were all quality fish. Which is what Bobby likes, you know, quality over volume. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the volume, man. He's in you the guys volume. know he that. Wants Come to on, catch more fishes. Yeah, than volume, volume. Make it up in volume. And and I also hear that Lake Roosevelt is starting to pick up on. Yeah, I've seen some some coconut. posts lately. There's no kokanee in Lake Roosevelt. You, you know Britain, what? Britain, he just. I I don't I don't think there's a fish there. Honestly, I don't I, think I, there's. I, think, I honestly don't think there's fish in that there lake other are than walleye. Fish in that lake and yes, perch. there are no. I see there's sturgeon in I just there too, big, but. I just caught big trout in there just a little bit ago. That I don't even I haven't even seen a picture of. But it. the Kokanee, Troy Black, he's yeah. been catching some really nice fish. It, but it's just been up and down. And I, well, it has been. Tell but you it's right more now, consistent now. I don't, I don't now, think though. the fi- I don't think the fish are there. I don't you, think they it's like plan- it's, they haven't planted it for. It's not like it's been, but they are catching some nice Kokanee. If a you few, can find them, and if not playing with the water levels and pushing them all over the lake, because ugh, every time we go up there, this is me ranting right now. Yeah, I've never caught a kokanee in Roosevelt, and how many times have I fished Roosevelt? It's several times. You're yeah. you dozens have, of times. You have bad luck. Yeah. I do have bad luck. The only time I've ever even seen a you know, kokanee boat, I never Bobby thought about it. it, but maybe I he's hate just admitting bad that. Luck. He might just no, be. No, you caught a co- well, He might just be bad luck. caught out of there, and you know how much I hate admitting this was you. You was a beautiful kokanee that morning. He caught it on the that he the that you've glow. absolutely we were observed. Yeah, hundred percent observed it. Yeah, and it was the but, first. But the thing, the, the bad one. thing is, is it's not like it used to be. And well, I why think would someone drive two? Out there. I'm not trying to like bash on Roosevelt, but why would someone drive two hours for two fish when you can't even find a fish? Because if you get two four and a half five pound fish, it's sure. worth it. Hell, those are bigger than the Brewster sockeye. And they and <laughs> you can't believe how good they are to eat. Oh, I'm trying to get people to stop coming over here. <laughs> it's not. You working. know what? It's the, not working. The, the trout fishery is still going strong. 
and it's a matter of finding those fish. They're, they're just now starting to bring up the reservoir. No, so, I think it actually went a little lower. But anyway, by now, it's no, probably no, coming they, up. No, they no, start, they started two weeks ago, started bringing the reservoir up. And, you know, it, it draws those fish down into the lower reservoir as far as the right salmonoids. You know, oh, the, for sure. The rainbows and the, and the kokanee. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're catching fish. It's starting to get a little bit better. They're they're doing better than what they have been. They have all been doing better. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, Chelan's fishing. It, it's starting to fish pretty good. Uh, they're doing better on it right now. Britton and I went out uh, a few weeks ago and fished for salmon. We didn't catch any salmon, but we did catch some uh, some lake trout. It's just one of those things that time of year obviously makes makes the difference. It does on, on what you're looking for. All of a sudden, overnight, the guy we were fishing with is catching a bunch of salmon. All right, prime time Chelan. Yeah, don't have to go way up lake to get into numbers of fish. No. Nope. When are we? When are we looking time frame wise when someone should plan a trip or a guided trip? Mid May. Mid May is so, really good. So mid May, uh, all those fish are going to be down in the lower right, basin. We're right about into the go zone now. So if you are looking to go out there and go target some. Kokanee sounds like it's that's right. pretty close to now. You Get can uh, Lakeland Adventures splitters. will have trips open. We're we're uh, go, we're going to go down and we're going to actually do something a little bit different. We're going to go down and try to jig them in that shallow water. Are like you really? That, that was, sounds like so much fun. Like I, we did at Odell, that'd be so much fun. I, so you're just like you know cruising what? around, know, following fish, and casting catch. into them. I mean, yes. the thing is, is that they I know we can catch fish. They go into that forty foot of water. Why can't you? Because they're just schooled exactly. up big time. They're all schooled up, you know. And it's that just that was a matter super of fun way of fishing. Oh, we, it was just too cold where we were, but this oh, could work. Yes, they, they were exactly. jawed and exactly. it just was we, pretty this brutal. This could work. When are you doing that? As long as there's no freaking boats around. I don't know. When, when are you, you? When are you bringing the boat? Now? Well, that's the thing. Got to figure it out. Man. I'm just I'm just telling you right now that I know we can Mark. catch Tell fish. Mark to go cruise around for us. Well, I, I've already talked to him about it, and of course he goes, eh, well, you know, eh, you know. I, well, but I, why you know. not? I mean, the thing is, we turn on those schools, and they're where they are. Exactly. Why wouldn't you just camp on one and just like exactly? And and you're in forty to twenty five feet of water. Come you on. could catch. You're them. Like I know 10, we can catch Sonic bait jig. fish or what? Huh? We put you're them on like bait fish. Sonic bait fish. Hot pink, hot orange, don't care either one. You can and, do and it. And I guarantee you. How big? Guarantees. Huh? How big? They're not going to be that big. They're going to be 12. Well, no, they're no, going to no, be. I'm talking about size of sonic bait fish. Oh. oh. Uh, you, you could fish. Enough uh, you can cast like one sixteenth up to probably quarter ounce, even half ounce. I was going to say maybe uh, even half ounce. A sixteenth might even be small. A sixteenth might be just you would wait for it to get down. But yeah, once that, that's it's the down. problem is waiting for it and, to get and down. And the problem with Shalan, it would be if there's water. Uh, wind yeah no no you you got to be able we, to hold, we have to be able to hold the, the boat you know you got to be able to fish the fishery and it's a matter of once you get over the top of of a yeah. group of fish a good it's day. a matter of holding yourself sure with with the electric and either vertically jigging or broadcast fishing right exactly I, i'm just telling you i know it will work well, you know looking at what we've had and what we've done you take you take experiences from other areas yeah to well, different things that, that you know you guys jigged them up on loon lake we did yes and exactly that was a, and that was with uh glow hooks correct exactly and that was cool well yeah. roscoe he used to fish uh sutherland quite sutherland a bit. sutherland yeah. a ton you know jigging out he's written dozens of articles just, on it 
but that's, but that's always late in the year. It when, is. I think more August like. Yeah. When we we fished the Loon Lake ones like we did ice fishing. Yeah. Exactly. Which was we basically had our trolling. You were also digging at night too. We, so our, it we were digging at night. It helped to have the glow yeah, on the, the glow. Think, think about it. We could we could turn around and do the exact same fishery on at, Chelan. At exact night. same thing at night. At night and draw those fish in. Let's do it. I, I would love to try I, that. I, we would just. I'm, Hey, we got to try. Why it. wouldn't it work? If it, it does it work, everyone's gonna be damn doing Let's it. Let's do though. it. Let's do it. Just think. Now all of a sudden, you can fish at night too. Yeah. So now we have every hour of the year covered on shore. Oh exactly. We're gonna have to drop the limit to exactly. five. Twenty-four-seven, three sixty-five. Go out, anchor, anchor up on on a on a ledge on a on a point. You know, going from okay. twenty-five to forty feet or something like that. Where those fish are going to be continually moving, I, looking for shrimp. Looking I think for... I have a couple marks in my. Oh, exactly. You think? I think I have a couple marks. <laughs> Blue roofs. Yeah, and and I just... have some other marks down lower during May. Yeah, lakeside. I do. Sure. Lakeside. I have marks. Absolutely. Red, creamed red in. red roof condos. Well, yeah, somewhere in that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But but yeah, it, you know what? The, the the same thing should happen. Exact same. Thing. Why not? Those fish come down looking for food that's why they're down in that lower basin yeah. they're looking for more food it's warmer water yep. you know you're talking mid-may you know what those fish this it should ex- fish the exact same this is kind of exciting look at this like that's just like absolute brainstorm session oh man create a new fishery number one baby, number one, baby. <laughs> turkey call send us out we're gonna start talking we're gonna shift gears, and we're gonna go talk to Doug Allen now about uh, the history of Columbia River walleye. I hope you guys enjoy it, and after that, we'll be back to wrap things up. Open water is here, and spring is in the air. There's no better time than now to gear up for trout, kokanee, and walleye fishing. MaxLure has everything you need from spinners to jigs and components to build your own gear. Right now, you can get 15% off with code WAO15. That is WAO15 at MaxLure.com to get you 15% off your next order. Today I'm speaking with Doug Allen. How are you doing today, Doug? Not too bad. It's good, been a good, good day. Excellent. We, uh, Doug and I haven't spoke for quite a while, so this is kind of fun. And today what we're going to talk about is kind of the history of walleye fishing here in the Northwest. But before we get started with that, Doug, just let folks know a little bit about you. Well, I'm a, a, an avid fisherman. I first started walleye fishing in this state in 1977 which before that's what before people knew what walleye were <laughs> and uh, then we did a little I went with uh, Al Linder and the in fisherman boys because I fished the, the professional walleye trail for years and then we decided to find out where these walleyes came from so we did some fishing up at Lake Roosevelt and and Banks Lake and a few other places and sent some samples back to Minnesota and we found out these fish were from a New York River strain hmm. from New York, New York State is where they oh, came yeah. from. Well, they came from a bucket biologist, and I mm. think everybody knows what that is. Right. But to survive that distance travel, 
they figured they were minnows or fingerlings, and they were dumped in Lake Roosevelt probably in the 1940s. Uh-huh. And that's how they they went from Lake Roosevelt down the banks, down through the potholes and all the seep lakes, and down through through the river system all the way down the Columbia River all the way to Portland maybe, you know. And that's right. how they got here. Well, that would have been and, shortly after they uh, completed the dam, so I could see that, like you say, a bucket biologist thinking maybe that'd be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that was all before Grand Coulee Dam was even done, and that's yeah, how they, they were, got down to the river system. Right, exactly. They were still building it right during 1940, or just they just started it really, basically. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it was yeah. finished in the 50s. So you've been fishing for a long time, and it's a pretty cool fishery, actually, even though maybe it was started a little nefariously. But uh, it's we do have a wonderful fishery here in the Northwest. And uh, so how did people, I mean, once you've kind of figured out they were there, I'm assuming for a long time, no one really fished for them. Is that right? Uh, no, there was nobody fishing for them. And, and like I said, the, the one I brought into the banks, like uh, Cluey City Marina in 1977, Nobody knew what it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And 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 they couldn't tell the difference between the and you know they always kidded me. And I said, "Hey, isn't that a isn't that just a big sucker?" <laughs> and I said, "No." I said, "The difference way you can tell you stick your finger down there, and if it's got teeth, it's yeah. a walleye." <laughs> exactly. Then then they got the idea how good they taste because I had to fix a bunch of them up for people and mm-hmm. we cooked them up and. And then they started realizing how good they taste, and they they started understanding reading what go what the people in the Midwest do with them, and it's the number one fishery as far as taste goes. You know, right? It's a white meat, very mild fish. And people love it, and that's oh, then they started really fishing for them in 1982. That's when we first brought in the, the first walleye boats into the country through Valley Marine, the one that I own. We started setting up walleye boats for fishermen. So they can go out and fish for them. Tell tell folks about that. You have you started Valley Marine and, and all about that because uh, the other thing I think is real interesting is just your involvement with Lund. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, we brought the Lund boats in, in about like I said, like 1982, and and really expanded it in '85, and and uh, we started setting them up for the walleye guys, and and uh, we started doing that for people all over the state, and then the, the people. Of course, they expanded from there because one walleye fisherman talks to another one, and pretty soon the Lund is, of course, a, a famous name back in the Midwest, and it's high quality, and they do things that are really good for walleye fishermen. They, you know, everything from the professional on down. And that's when I started. I started fishing professionally for walleyes in 1990, and they they started. They brought their Pro V series out, which was Strictly for professional fishermen. Very fast, very high power boat, you know, and it went on from there. And then they started encompassing all that stuff from the, what they learned from the pro fishermen into the into the family boats. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's where it started with the live wells and the recirculating systems and all that all that stuff. And they learned to move the live wells from the front to the back to save the fish from being beat up bad in the rough water. It was a, right. a never-ending learning curve, you know. Because right. let's face it, we have some rough water out here compared to 
some of the small lakes they fish back there. And you did a lot of testing, right? I mean, uh, over the years, oh, yeah. testing of different versions of Lund boats, correct? Correct. They would they would give us, if I was on the pro staff for Lund, and they would give us the boats to test to before they would market them. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what a lot of us on the pro staff did. And, you know, we get a new boat every year and, and run it and say what we what liked and didn't like. And mm-hmm. and then they would meet with us and they, we'd, we'd correct all everything we thought was they should change before they manufactured that, that particular boat. Right. And, right. And Valley Marine had a lot to do with that. We, uh, we went to being a, a very, very big Lund dealer and, and doing, we start setting up walleye boats for people from as far away as the Dakotas and Nebraska and mm-hmm. you name it. We specialize so, in fishing boats. Valley Marine is always specialized in fishing boats. Right. And so if folks aren't familiar, Valley Marine is located in the Yakima area, specifically Union Gap at this point, and um, Doug, right. you started the company but your son runs it now, correct? Right. My son runs it now, and he's doing a whirlwind job, and he's got a brand-new facility. It's been about three years now. He's carrying on the tradition of setting up fishing boats. Yeah. You betcha, and he did a good job. He set me all up. I have a Lund, and I love my, my Lund, and it is a perfect boat to fish for walleye out of. And Tell tell everybody a little bit about what uh, you what it was like fishing professionally for walleye back in those days well they they did it uh, kind of like a kind of like a golf deal you had mm-hmm. to qualify in order to be invited and they would invite 150 pros to a different body of water every time and you got three days of pro of pre-fish to check this body of water out you had to do your homework because mm-hmm. You had to find the forage base that was in that lake and when that forage base was available. And of course you tried to pattern your, your presentations off the forage base that was right. available. Then you fished the free days to find out where the fish were, were at and where the forage base was. You find the food, you find the fish. <laughs> that routine. Right. Yeah. And uh, if you qualified in the top third of the group each time, you got an automatic invitation in the next tournament. Otherwise, you had to go back and requalify. Yeah, and it, it was a tough fishing because they picked some of the biggest body of water. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get, you know, we went, we fished Lake Erie, Lake Michigan, and some of those out uh, Lake Erie, we got into a storm those twelve foot waves. <laughs> you oh. didn't have a boat and didn't know how to handle it, you you were in trouble. You were in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> it's like so, the Columbia uh, with fifty mile an hour winds. Yeah, exactly. And I've been I've been on the lower Columbia in storms that uh, probably or pretty similar conditions with the water flowing down and the wind going the opposite direction, it can get kinda of hairy. Yeah, and you better have a boat that'll handle it. That's right. Exactly right. So do you think you know, the way that uh, you and I are lucky enough to have fished together before and some of the stuff that uh, you do, obviously I learned from you kind of by proxy, but do you think the techniques that you use when you're doing that have really changed much in the last few years? Oh, yeah, graphically. 
the things have changed, of course. The products from themselves have changed. You know, from the start of the hooks all the way through the through that stuff, through the plugs or, or crankbaits, what you want to call mm-hmm. them. Sure. And, of course, the, the spinner stuff, uh, like the Max Lure, and, you know, their, their stuff has really come along really good. They've really, you know, kind of went for the, for the walleye fishermen. They've changed yeah. so many of their presentations. Right. Everything from the walleye pop to the, the smile blades and all the rest of that. It's because you can take your, you can take those and match the forage at any given time, in any yeah. given spot. So many and, colors to choose from. Yeah. Jeez. Well, colors and they'll match the forage. Uh, you know, the, yeah, I've the set patterns, them, right? I, yeah. I set the Columbia River record 2005 with a, a smile blade that matches a crawdad pattern because they were feeding on crawdads on the underwater islands down there. And mm-hmm. we had a two-day total of 73.28 pounds, which set a new record for the Columbia River System tournaments. <laughs> God, that's a lot. That's and, you know, people couldn't figure out what we were doing. And they were fishing right beside us. They were following us around. Mm-hmm. But it's a mm-hmm. pattern we were using. Those fish right. were just gorging on, on crawdads. We're the ones, that, the only ones that had a crawdad pattern. The rest of them were all using chartreuse spinners or different crankbaits, that, but not the crawdad pattern. And that was, that was the difference. Right. And so did you always just kind of make it a habit of looking at gut contents? Is that kind of how you figured all that out to begin with? That and location. Mm-hmm. You know, you have different you have different forage bases that always are in different locations. Mm-hmm. So you go to those locations, you fish, and if you don't catch fish, you know that's not the forage base they're fishing on. They're they're feeding mm-hmm. on. And that's just like a Moses or at potholes. When we went that potholes deal, we having to go out there, and I was sitting there in a mud flat, and the mayflies came up. Well, people. That's the easiest forage base there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Because every fish in the country comes looking for those mayflies. I mean, you know, you don't get anything easier than something floating up from the bottom of the mud. Yeah. And we put on a mayfly pattern and bam. We had our limit in two hours. Uh, but it's it's matching the forage again. And what yeah, they're eating absolutely. at the time. But nobody right. thinks about mayflies, for example. Right. You know. They don't. So you fished a lot in the Midwest when you were professionally fishing. When did the kind of the walleye circuit start here in the Pacific Northwest? It started about 19, in the 90s, 1990s. In the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's basically, uh, I think it was about 95 or so before they really got going. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's still going, but it's not near what it, what it used to be because of the color. And you fished that for quite a while, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I fished that, and I fished back east as far as uh, New York. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we, had, we had tournaments in New York and Minnesota and South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, you name it. They always picked a big body in Montana. You have Fort Peck over there, and, you know, and, and of course, you have the Missouri River system, which is mm-hmm. huge. And, right. You know, Hawaii, Skakawea, those are big bodies of water that hold a lot of walleye. Boy, I guess. I'd love to go to some of those places. 
How does yeah, how yeah. does our northwest waters compare to those places? Since you've had a chance to really fish all over the country, what would you what would you say about our walleye well, fishery opportunity? Well, we have we have a tremendous opportunity out here. First of all, our fish are a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. They have more fish per hectare of water than we you know what a hectare of water is. Yeah. Versus yeah. what we have, but we have size because yeah. of our constant forage. It's, uh, you know, our forage base, they have to, like they put rainbow smelt in Hawaii and that's what the fish eat, but mm. there's just not enough forage base in some of those waters to, to make the size that we have. Right. Well, we have more fish over 10 pounds than they ever thought of. And it's just like on Banks Lake. There's, there's forage in there that's unbelievable. The people don't understand the forage base from January, say you had January to December. If you took those months and you figured out the year of the young for their forage base and what it is, and all of a sudden you start catching fish year round. And that's, yeah, that's the name of the game. People don't realize whitefish are a big forage base for those fish at certain mm-hmm. months of the year. That size of, that size of our fish, like I caught the big fish out of banks at 18 pounds, 18 pounds, five ounces. That's a big fish. That's a big fish. <laughs> it's a really big yeah, fish. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. Yeah, we've caught a few over 10 pounds in there, uh, myself and Bobby. Um, and, yeah. Uh, but 18 pounds is, that's, uh, that's a trophy. Well, you, there for a few years, you could go down to the Columbia. Umatilla and uh, fish at night with a crankbait mm-hmm. and catch consistently catch fish 14 to 15 pounds, but that died out pretty quick because people caught on. And we used to be out there by myself, and then all of a sudden there's 10 boats out there at night. You got a lot of fishing. Yeah, <laughs> they're watching what you're doing, Doug. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, they're going to do that, and that's that's normal. That's but they're, do. that doesn't mean those fish are gone. All it means right. is they, the pressure they left. They just went right. to another spot. That's all. Sure. And I'm not going to tell anybody where the spot is. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Keep it to yourself. If you were to pick a particular fishing style for walleye that you just really enjoy doing the most, of course, the kind of fishing style that you use or what, what you're doing, it, again, relates to the time of year and what you're after. But is there one kind of technique that you just really enjoy yeah i i kind of i kind of enjoy using the smile blades Mm -hmm. from max because of the fact that i can change year-round you notice all the colors and patterns and so on and what they have and then you mix a wallet pop in with it you can match any forage base you want to at any given time of year so that's the easiest one for me to figure out what's going on real quick yeah i enjoy uh trolling with those as well i think for me, it's kind of fun just to figure out that puzzle and, you know, match what they're eating. And, and you know, once you figure that out and you get them to bite, it feels, there's some real satisfaction in that for sure. You can do the same thing with blade baits, you know, mm-hmm. especially in cold water. I love blade baits in cold water mm-hmm. to, to throw out and fish in, especially below Grand Coulee Dam there. Mm-hmm. I like to fish that section of water with blade baits. And it's, it's, Max makes a good blade bait that's just, you can shoot, match the forage in. They'll pick the color. You know, they mm-hmm. have their colored ones. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that'll that give you what's coming up. And I used to take my grandson up to Cooley City and Cooley Park and so on. And he could throw a 
blade bait, a blue one, and catch trout all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And he's uh, talking about the sonic bait fish, and it comes in a variety of sizes, and you can hook it off the nose and cast it to be more like a spoon, or you can actually hook it off the back and, and definitely fish it like a blade bait. And we've been doing quite a bit of that in the I like yeah, I like to cast it out with the back the blade bait and jump it back to the boat. Yeah. And that works real well in O'Sullivan in the wintertime, January, February. Great erratic erratic action, which is what you're after. Right. Yeah. And you as you pick it off the bottom they'll take it. Mm-hmm. When it falls again they're gone they're on it. Yeah. <laughs> and that used to be a lot of fun on the cold months up at potholes before it froze over. Moses Lake same way. Well, all this talk about walleye fishing makes me want to get out there. Between looking at the video on my computer here that I filmed and uh, you and I talking about fishing, I think it's. I think we need to get out there. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Of course, any time of the year is good for walleye. Uh, exactly. Well, Doug, I I really appreciate you taking some time and talking to me and letting the audience know a little bit about the history of walleye in the northwest and i really appreciate it you bet and i hope your audience gets the idea what walleye fishing is all about me too i'm sure they will all right we'll talk to you later you bet thanks richie And we're back, and that's a really cool interview with Doug Allen, who is, you know, one of the preeminent. Is it preeminent? Is that a good preeminent? It's a good word. preeminent walleye guys on the Columbia River. You know, obviously helped develop that fishery and fished all the. Well, know, I would say he's a real pioneer in the Northwest. Pioneer is the word I was looking for. He I mean, sold seriously. one of the first Lund boats ever sold out here. Absolutely. In, and, and you know, who he sold it to who? Ed. Ah, Ed Iman, and that's so funny. But yeah. but really, yeah. I mean, he's a pioneer. And I mean, in terms yeah. of walleye fishing here in the Northwest, we have a lot to to thank Doug for. Really, oh, absolutely. You know what? He 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 is an absolute. You're right. He is a pioneer, and he's one of those type of individuals that that he is a he he's scientific. Oh, everything he is. that he does, everything there, there's oh. a reason behind everything that yeah. you do. And that's why he was such a good uh, tournament fisherman. Yeah, you know, he was successful. And he did, yeah, very, very successful with what he did. Yeah. And he really pushed that that fishery and helped develop the whole walleye fishery that exists out here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun when you and I got to fish with him. And actually, that's the only time I've got to fish with him. But I just learned so much. You know, I followed him around and yeah. heard what he had yeah. to say. And he's a, he's really fun to fish with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I've had a lot of fun. And like I said, he, he's, he's my mentor. He yeah. he taught me what I know about walleye fishing. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's something, you know, being a steelhead salmon guy, of course, I had a lot to learn. Well, of course. And he, he really did a fantastic job and has really helped develop what we have today at Max Lure with with oh, our yeah. with our walleye. The products. whole notion of matching the forage base. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, now that we talk about it and we know that the yep. Max Lure products are designed that way, we think, yep. you know, well that's what we do. But really, you know, that's that's Doug and probably others like him saying, you know, yep. if you really want to catch fish, this is what you need to do. Sure. You match the hatch match during the, the hatch. given time of year, yeah. in a given body of water during you you have to do that. 
in order to catch more fish. And that's what I liked about Doug is he kind of, like you said, he's sort of scientific. He said, if yes. you want to catch fish in the winter, this is what you do because this is what they're eating and this is yep. where they are. And and for me, that just like fits my brain. I'm like, okay, I got it. You know, and that's, yep. that's what we want to do. And and certainly some of that influence from him through you, since I've really actually only fished with him sure, the one sure. time, is sort of wore right. off, and that's why I'm so passionate about walleye fishing. Yeah, that's that's why Britton actually caught fish up at Kettle when when, <laughs> when I gave him the lure that he had to put on in order to, you know, you know <laughs> the go, drill. Let's so. go back to that, Britton. <laughs> You're talking about all right. So those fish are light biting, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Bobby ties up. He didn't even tie it up. It was already yes, tied up. No, I tied We tied it up the up. night before, and I chose that lure, not because Bobby <laughs> was using it, because I thought that it was going to be the actual ticket. I didn't. What Bobby catches is mostly luck. There are a lot of the fish he catches oh, are snagged wow. in the gill. They're snagged in the gill or the eyeball. Oh. And that's why every time he catches a fish, he's like, oh, I got a good one, because they're freaking coming in sideways. Oh, man. When, no, no, heard on that trip, there was a point in time where Bobby did have the exact same lure on and I had the same lure on and he was catching zero fish. I caught like seven in a row. Oh boy. And it's because I know how to tell the difference between a bottom bounce and a nibble. And those Look. fish were oh so light biting God. that oh I was God. I was hooking those fish right in the lip over and Here, over what we and can over do again. Is turn around and there's right a here. reason I'm the, got the first place oh, trophy. First I'm pretty place. sure that didn't we see a commercial just lately? I know. Yeah, yeah. I think oh. we could turn around to the computer. We, Bobby loves edited videos. I think, we, I think we could turn around to the computer and actually count. Yeah. Let's do because it. I filmed I'm the whole you, time. I'll, let's absolutely count. I guarantee you, <laughs> and I kept m- track of those fish. The same weeks after that, when we went up to <laughs> seven days, Bobby and I went out that night and we absolutely slaughter fest. You, so you, I'll give him credit; he caught some you fish. Don't, you don't but want it was like me fourteen to twelve. <laughs> you don't want me to do that because yeah. I know right where there is a oh. statement by Britain that says <laughs> it's right at the beginning of the show he, in the morning before says, we moved to the spot where we caught all the fish. I think he's catching more fish than I'm catching. <laughs> That was before we moved to the new spot. <laughs> we could check it. Oh my god, I love it. I love, you know what? All that, I know. That, that, all that's I know, what Bobby, the videos lie. That, all you know I what? Know, all I know is edited I videos. Didn't, I didn't catch anything. <laughs> we do all. You know, know. know what? You know that's what? Why you have a third and, and, place you, and you've never heard me say one thing about that other than the <laughs> fact because it's embarrassing to get outfished by a novice. No. Look, look. Oh, yeah. You know what? I I love it because he caught some fish. Oh, and we haven't talked about this. Uh, magazine covers one to one. Yeah, yeah. I'm so on a magazine. He he's on the cover. He I'm got a cover, a cover on a magazine. While so I was now fly he's... fishing. How does yeah. he get a cover? <laughs> yeah. After all this time, we've been doing things. I got Somebody paid feeling... for it, and I didn't even take the picture. Somebody oh. was feeling sorry for him. I think and so. Say, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think... <laughs> I think we're plowing some ground. Yeah, we beautiful Lagnac River silver, just yeah. hot and heavy, right in the middle of it. I guarantee there's not even a single one. Of I know left why on the I'm stands. not on a cover because I'm usually the one taking the photograph. That's I didn't even true. take the photograph. That's true. I didn't even take it because I was in the photograph. And you know what? And you guys, I've never, I've never <laughs> gone to the numbers game. Yeah, there's uh, baloney. Yeah. Oh, I have never gone to the numbers now, game unless now I'm calling bullshit. unless it gets brought up. And starts, you know, forcing it, forcing the issue. Now, now I'm going to yeah. call bullshit. He literally brought up the numbers game. I know. I'm like, I'm going to call oh, come on. I don't go numbers game. The entire conversation started with <laughs> you going numbers game. It's all about numbers. He, he is volume about volume. Okay. Here. Okay. It's volume. I'm okay. sorry. Anyway. Yeah. 
just so we can recap from the 50th episode. I know. Britton Ransford was first with most fish caught in 2022. Bobby was second and Richie was third. Thanks for everyone listening. Be sure to go rate us on all of the platforms. Five stars. If there's a potential there, I'll get it on there. You can rate Bobby four stars. And until next week, we'll talk to you later. <laughs>